0: Welcome to the perfume making podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in this episode, we're going to talk all about how to train your nose and build up your perfume materials knowledge. So, this is something obviously that's hugely important in becoming a perfumer. Or even really understanding how perfume is made. And it's even gonna help you to choose fragrances yourself, even if you have no interest in making perfume at all. So, first off, training your nose. What does that even mean? So, when I tell people who don't really know me what I do, a lot of the time they say to me, Oh, wow, are you a nose? Um, Or, Oh, you must have a really good nose. Or, Are you really sensitive to smells? And often if they are interested in learning perfumery, they sometimes ask, how do I train my nose? So I've said this before, and I will say it again, that anosmia aside, so anosmia is when you can't smell anything, and that could be caused through a variety of different um, diseases, illnesses. It can also be due to injury as well. So that aside... Um, I don't believe that I particularly have a better sense of smell than the next person and I don't think I'm particularly sensitive to odors either. So I will talk a little bit more about that as the episode goes through but what I just wanted to get across to you is that there is a lot of I suppose elitism in the fragrance industry where people believe that they have to be born with special smelling powers or this amazing sense of smell but really It's all down to practice and training, and I believe that everyone can do this if they put in the work and effort. So, one of the things that I would say, though, is that I'm—I believe, you know—I'm quite a good communicator, and I have trained that part of myself, and I do have—I say—I've got a good memory but i mean that that is deteriorating in general terms as the years go by but like joking aside like i do if i'm interested in something i think we all have this right so if you are interested in something and you're curious about it it's a lot easier to remember than if it's something that is really dull really boring and you have no interest in. And I think this is the key, along with years of training and practice. And you know, we do go rusty, so, I stepped out of the fragrance industry for about six years, actually. And when I stepped back in to start teaching again, I had to really kind of get back on the horse, if you like, and really practice again and re-familiarize myself with different materials. And actually, once I started to do that after a bit of a break, it all came tumbling back to me. So it's one of those things that you don't, once you've done it, you don't lose it. You might get a bit rusty and you, you know, there's only so much we can hold in our brains at any one time. So, you know, if I don't use certain materials for a long time, or I'm not kind of working with them, then I kind of forget a little bit and I have to kind of go back and re-smell and kind of go, oh yeah, I remember that one. So it is something that anybody I believe anybody can do anyone can train their their nose and we'll talk about the the nose bit in a moment as well because actually it's not really about your nose and you know as I said before anyone can do this so don't feel like you need to have any special powers of olfaction this is something that if you're willing to remain curious open-minded and put in a little bit of, of fun work actually it's not you know, if you've got an interest in fragrance and you love smelling things, then it's not going to be hard work, is it? You just treat it as a little bit of an adventure. So perfumery obviously is essentially about odor perception. It's also about creation and it's mainly, I would say, it's a lot about communication. And while the nose is the tool that you know, we always think about in association with smell and perfume making, it really is nothing without the brain. And most of us are able to perceive odours, but many people, and this is one of the things that I found over the years of teaching, depending on you know, levels of experience and curiosity and and actually cultural stuff as well. Many people actually find it too difficult to describe and communicate what it is that they're smelling in a way that other people can understand. And so this is something that I will go into a little bit more in another episode when I sort of delve a little bit deeper into the sense of smell and how it works. And we're not going to do that in this episode. I just want to really talk about some tips for you for, you know, getting, Going and, and, and really familiarizing yourself with your perfume materials. But the fundamental thing that I teach in all my classes is that obviously a perfumer must know his or her materials extremely well and be able to recognize, describe, and blend them with each other to create something else. But, you know, when we're kids, we're taught that you know, we're taught what words and things are by looking at pictures maybe and repeating the words. And so as human beings, obviously we are very visual beings, right? So we look for visual clues when we're learning things such as colour, maybe shape. Also we look at text or feel textures and to a degree, you know, we associate sounds as well, um, things that we hear and emotions that we feel when we are learning different things. And so even though the sense of smell is something that we're aware of from an early age, and this is way before our vocabulary has developed, um, it's it's often very much linked to very simple things like taste or to things like orange or lemon, things that Maybe we have a smell, we can we can describe the smell through taste, but also the word that we use to describe the actual thing also describes the smell, if you know what I mean. So we know how to identify things intuitively from the way that they smell, but we've never actually been taught. And this, I'm coming here from a you know a uk european perspective and i know that other cultures have many many different words for different smells and different cultures are very much more connected i suppose to the way things smell than um than we brits are for example and i'll delve into that the cultural associations in a, in a, in a bit too um, but often you know we've never been taught the words to communicate what we're actually smelling unless they relate to something that's really familiar like I said like an orange or you know if I say to you a bacon sandwich or the you know like the smell of bacon cooking or coffee or stinky feet or something like that we kind of intrinsically know what that smells like because it's within our realm of experience and as adults many of us find it really difficult to learn things by repetition you know I'm of an age where when I was at school, we had to learn things by repetition. And I personally didn't find it easy to learn like that. I'm an experiential learner and, you know, I read as well. I love to read things, but actually repeating things, you know, sort of parrot fashion that either one we might not agree with or we're really bored by is actually really difficult to learn like that. And so as the sense of smell works on such a subjective level, it's really difficult to learn about fragrance materials by repetition. And what I mean by that is, you know, reading an odor description online or in a book and, and saying, okay, that's how you smell it. Um, it's, it's a very difficult thing, especially as adults. As kids, you know, we we learn a lot more easily and more quickly. So for those people who have grown up in the fragrance industry or for the old school perfumers who maybe their their fathers or grandfathers were perfumers in grass, that, you know, they have a head start because they've been learning this from a young age. And the other thing to mention here is that our inbuilt odour memory, if you like, is going to vary from person to person depending on so many things. And I will delve into that In a little bit more detail, either later on if I've got time or in another episode. So when you train your nose to recognise specific odours and materials, what you're really doing is training your brain. So I want you to forget, and I know this might be sacrilege to some people in the industry, but I want you to forget about reading odour descriptions of fragrances and materials online. And I want you to get smelling them instead And I want you to write your own thoughts down in a notebook, like not something that anybody else has written, your own thoughts and perceptions. That is so key. And that is really what I teach when I teach perfumery. So by creating your own links and associations with memories, feelings, colours, textures, etc., and practising those regularly... And methodically as well, you're gonna be able to build up your olfactory memory to the standard of any professional perfumer or an evaluator. And I know that that is a big claim, but it is honestly it's about doing the work and about the practice. So let's talk about how to actually smell and believe it or not, (laughs) there is, in my opinion, a right and a wrong way to smell. And this might seem a little bit strange, but those of you who have tried to do any kind of fragrance study will know that actually your nose or your sense of smell burns out quite quickly. So we become, it's called olfactory fatigue, but your olfactory senses become saturated, after sometimes just a few materials or a few different fragrances. And this obviously gets better over time. The more you practice this, the more you will be able to smell. But when you're first starting out, you know, you're going to get saturated by just a few materials until everything starts to smell the same. And you find that you are unable to pick out the little nuances in either the material or the fragrance. So it is quite important to take a few materials at a time and smell them in a very deliberate way in order to maximize the time that you have to smell between having to have a break. So, here's a couple of tips for you. So, first off, um, don't inhale too deeply or for too long. And it's better to just smell gently in short bursts, taking notes in between. And I will, when I talk about how the sense of smell actually works in another net episode, I'm going to really share a little, make a lot more sense as to why that is the case. So, When you actually um, smell any material, and I've said this in the um, getting set up and the equipment episode, so you can refer back to that. I'll put it in the the show notes. Use a smelling strip. So don't smell from the bottle because you're not going to get the full appreciation of the material or the fragrance. So if it is a material that you're smelling, dip that smelling strip in that material or if it's a fragrance use a blotter and when you're actually doing this exercise sniff a little in short bursts um, make some notes and don't throw away the, the strip so when you when you're done when you've smelt the material don't just throw that strip in the bin but just keep it make sure you label it put a time on it as well and maybe even a date and come back to it at regular timed intervals. And then when you do that, record what you notice at those timed intervals as well. So I'm going to go through this quite quickly. And I do have blog posts on this and I, I teach it in my courses as well, but don't cross anything out of your notes. So what I've often seen is, you know, a student has dipped a smelling strip and they've said, oh, you know, i th- you know, written some notes and oh, it smells like this. And then they've come back to it later and thought, oh, it's changed. I'm just going to cross that out um, because I must have got it wrong. And the thing here is, I know that, you know, some of you might know this already, but for those of you who are just starting out, the odour, the smell of all volatile materials, which essentially is what perfume materials are, are going to change over time. And different aspects of that those odours will be apparent. So even if it is just something that is just weakening, so for example, if you're smelling... I don't know, one of the citrus notes, you're going to have a fresh burst when you first smell it. But over time, it's going to get weaker and weaker. Some materials you will find, many materials actually, different aspects will pop out at different times. So add those to your notes and make sure you've, you know, written a time and a date on your smelling strip so that you can come back to them over time and you're building up your knowledge in your notebook, you know, have a special notebook for this and do this regularly. So how do we go about building up our olfactory vocabulary, you know, widening the amount of smells that we can recognise and memorise? This is obviously going to help you with your perfumery, for sure. And just one of the tips that I always give my students is it's much easier to describe a smell by writing down what you're perceiving when you smell it rather than saying it out loud. So that is the the first point that I would um, get you to start with. So rather than getting someone to test you by smelling a material and asking you, you know, what it smells like, get, have your notebook and write that down if you have difficulty. So the easiest place to start when you're trying to describe something that you're smelling that's new, maybe that you're not familiar with, is does it remind me of something I already know? And rather than worrying about complicated perfumery terms, I think it's best to start building associations with smells that are familiar and very, very specific. So For example, most people would understand the terms citrus, flowery, rosy, fruity, leathery, vanillary, or tar or spice, for example. So in order to train your nose, you you know, I'm going to say this time and time again, really, you've got to write copious notes about everything you smell and how you perceive it too. And the thing that I would just really reiterate here is always trust your own nose rather than worrying about getting it right. As, as I've said before, we've all got different smell associations. We've also got different memories that we have attached to particular smells. And really smell associations are quite variable across cultures too. So depending on the kind of smells that you were brought up with. So a little bit of an example here, It was this was like many years ago. I was teaching a class for um, a group that were not perfumery students, but they were making um, skincare products, bath bombs, that kind of thing. This is like way, way back before I started dipping my toe back into teaching perfumery again. And the organisation that I was running the workshop for at the time had provided us with some essential oils. Now, they weren't the best quality essential oils. And I passed around smelling strips and and got people just to get their kind of noses working, really. I got them to describe what they were smelling. And I passed around a particular essential oil, which happened to be Ylang Ylang, and they didn't know what it was, I just passed it around blind. And this is something that I would suggest that you do as well. It's a great learning um, exercise to, to memorize smell. Get a friend to dip a smelling strip. Don't tell you what it is. And then you, rather than trying to guess what it is, try and describe it because actually, and this is something that I do with all of my students when they come to a class, we always start off with a blind smelling because, it's so much easier to pull out so much more information from a smell and write it down than it is if we have this preconceived idea of what it should smell like. So going back to this example, this particular oil happened to be Ylang And one half of the class um, said, oh, it smells like hospitals. It's really medicinal. And the other half of the class were like, that doesn't make any sense to to us. You know, it reminds me of summer holidays and suntan lotion, etc. And one of the things that it was, this was such a great example. One of the things that I noticed about the group, you know, a a chunk of the group were sort of women of a certain age that had been brought up in the UK. And another part of the group had not been brought up in, they were similar age, but they hadn't been brought up in the UK. Um, And it was very mixed. um, But but yeah, it, it was, there were different cultural upbringings, if you like. And, what I noticed actually about this particular Ylang Ylang, which was quite a cheap grade, elang has got something in it called methyl salicylate and that is also present in wintergreen oil. Now, for those of you listening who are, you know, maybe in your 40s, 50s and you're in the UK, we were brought up with, with a product called Germaline. So some of you might know it, some of you might have no idea what I'm talking about, but it was basically, it was a pink antiseptic cream that was, you can still buy it today. So have a look it up, um, germaline. And if we, when we were kids, if we'd have like fallen off our bike and, or fallen over in the street and scraped our knee, you know, our mums would, um, or our grandmas would have like cleaned us off and slapped some germaline, which was this gooey pink antiseptic on it. And that actually has wintergreen oil in it. So the people, so what I'm trying to get across here is that for the people who had that olfactory association their brain automatically went to hospitals medicinal falling over scraping your knee whereas the other group who didn't have that association they associated that white floral elang with things like suntan lotion and maybe a bit more of a kind of holiday vibe so they're both correct and it's just a really good thing to keep in mind when you're smelling something Um, because You know, our associations can be universal, of course, like we all know if we smell orange, we know that that's orange, right? But a lot of our associations can be very personal. Um, And so, yeah, just keep that in mind. So when you're thinking of descriptors, if you're not used to smelling consciously, and what I mean by smelling consciously is really focusing in and using only your olfactory senses. If you're not used to doing that, it might be quite difficult at first to think of particular descriptors or associations for what you're smelling. And what I would suggest, and although people, you know, there are lists online and and particularly sort of official, if you like. um, I'm putting my fingers in air quotes here. Um, descriptions that are associated with perfumery. I suggest to all of my students to try not to look up the materials description until you've exhausted your own imagination. Because reading someone else's observations is not always that helpful if you're trying to initially build your own connection with that material. So don't limit yourself to smell related words either. So Think about if you if you can't think immediately of a smell, what what texture is it? How would you describe it? Would it be rough or would it be smooth? What about a color? Do you would you associate a particular color with that smell? Does it make you think of a sound? Is it a bassy kind of note or is it more of a high pitched trebly note? And maybe it might think you make it might make you think of a season. Is it a wintry smell? Is it a summery smell or a mood? And if you struggle with what it is then maybe try and establish what it isn't give yourself a little checklist and go through a process of elimination you know with yes no answers and then once you've had a go at doing that yourself, and this is something that I I do in all of my in-person classes, we get people to smell blind first of all before they then discuss it with others. So you can then once you've had a go yourself discuss what you're smelling with with other like-minded people, and this is going to help you build a fuller profile of the material because what we also what we do is we pick out when we're smelling something we pick out what is familiar. So we look for the familiar and we often gloss over or not even notice things that we don't recognise. Often somebody else will pick out a different aspect and notice a different aspect of a material or a fragrance that you might have missed just because you're not looking for it. And that doesn't mean that your nose is no good. It's just like you just weren't looking for it. And sometimes when we compare notes with others, after we've done our initial um, smelling and writing down ourselves, we can then start to build up by listening to what somebody else has to say, having another smell and and thinking about, is it true for me? There are many ways to get an odour to stick in your memory and it really depends on your specific learning style. You know, some people learn best by hearing. For smell, this can be difficult unless you're particularly musical. So there are many similarities between perfume and music, you know, with sharp, high top notes in music resonating with top notes in perfume and then the heavier, more rounded bass notes associating with the base notes in a perfume. But learning by doing, for me, is hugely important in perfumery as you really must feel and explore your own experience with the materials. And as the way most of us learn is, you know, human beings are very visual. We Most of us learn visually. This is particularly useful in perfumery when you're trying to build up your olfactory memory. So It often helps to link a strong visual image with a smell. So, when we're faced with the sheer number of materials to remember, it might seem like an impossible task, but think of it like this all it is is familiarity. And the more familiar you become with your materials, the easier they're going to be to remember. So, the easiest way to describe this is to this is a little exercise that I want you to do right now. So, take a couple of deep breaths. And um, we're going to, I'll just run you through a little exercise that is going to really explain this in a lot better clarity than I can do. So think of an orange. Okay. So something that is so familiar to everyone. So regardless of where you come from, most of you know what an orange smells like, right? So sit, sit and with your eyes closed and conjure up the image of an orange in your mind's eye. And so as you're imagining that orange, feel the waxiness of the skin and imagine smelling that skin of that orange before you've peeled it. So you just pick that orange up, you feel the waxiness of the skin and you smell it. Now imagine digging your thumbnail into the peel of that orange and like pulling that skin of that orange back. And notice as the juice sprays out from the skin and in your mind, break open the fruit, maybe revealing the quarters of the orange and then maybe take an imaginary bite and notice all of that juice oozing out and notice the difference in scent. And it's important for this exercise that you do this all in your mind So, you know, how many of you found that really easy to do and how many found it really difficult? I would suggest for most of us, that's quite an easy exercise to imagine that smell of the orange as you're going through that process. And this really illustrates the power of our memory with things that are familiar to us. So you can conjure up the smell of an orange in your head because you know it so well. And it's just the same for perfumery materials, except that you don't know them well yet. And so building your associations is really important. And that's where I want you to start. So whenever you smell something, a new material or a perfume or anything, really, it could even be something that you notice in your natural environment. Maybe it's a flower, maybe it's just, you know, walking through a forest. Close your eyes and think of a picture. Think of an image of what that smell reminds you of. And this is a really, really powerful way of imprinting smells on your memory. And that is what I would suggest that everyone does. Rather than looking at complicated terminology or descriptions online. We are very, very visual beings. And if I gave you a bottle of a liquid material and asked you to smell it, and you looked at that bottle and it was yellow with pictures of citrus fruits all over it. It doesn't matter whether it had something random in there. Your brain would first assume that it was going to smell of maybe lemons or grapefruits or something like that. We're lazy. Human beings are lazy, and we use our visual sense. And so, what I want you to get into the habit of doing to train your olfactory senses and and build up your vocabulary of smells is to start using your nose only and the best way to do that is do it with your eyes closed, do blind smelling as much as you can and then just write copious amounts of notes of what you're experiencing. And I promise you will become more familiar with smells. And not only that, if you do this blind, if you do this blind smelling, you're going to pull out more information from every single material that you smell than you would if you had any preconceived ideas of what it was supposed to smell like. So I hope that has got you Thinking about how you can train your nose and start delving into perfume materials and building up your knowledge. If you've got any questions or anything that you want me to cover in the podcast, as always, drop me a line to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk and anything that I've mentioned here I will link to in the show notes. If you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes then go back and have a listen because I'll be guiding you through different aspects of perfumery from a beginner's perspective and if you want to grab my getting started guide I will link that again in the show notes as well. If you haven't got any perfume materials and you want to get going There's a little kit. I don't sell kits. I recommend suppliers who are better at that than me, at all of that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, get going with it. And um, thank you for listening. And I will speak to you again very, very soon.